Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, John Wayne, America, Why I Love Her, from 1973. Wikipedia defines body surfing as the art and sport of riding a wave without the assistance of a buoyant device such as a surfboard or a bodyboard. In 1926, a freshman USC football player named Marion Morrison was body surfing in Newport Beach, California during the offseason. He broke his collarbone that day, causing him to lose his scholarship. Morrison was terrified to tell his head coach how he had gotten the injury. But feeling bad for him, coach Howard Jones helped him get a job at Fox Studios the next year. The following excerpt is from USC.edu, written by Rick Jewell. Marion Morrison was a USC football player who never scored a touchdown or played in the Rose Bowl, but he ultimately redefined the meaning of the term All-American. Marion Mitchell Morrison was born Marion Robert Morrison in 1907 in Winterset, Iowa, weighing a whopping 13 pounds at birth. His parents changed his middle name to Mitchell when they decided to name his brother Robert. But that wouldn't be the last time he changed his name. After taking the job at Fox Studios, he started working as an actor, initially just taking bit roles in several films. In 1930, he was cast in The Big Trail. It would be his first starring role. This time, under the name he became famous under, John Wayne. I know who you are now. And I know why you quit the Cimarron country, too. Oh, well, no necessity to have quarrels among friends. Friends? You're through too wide a loop. Remember this. The three of you. I'm not your friend. One year earlier, he'd appeared in a bit part for the film Words and Music, where he was credited, for the only time, as Duke Morrison. While that was the only time he was credited as Duke Morrison, Duke was a longtime nickname of his. Here he is on the Phil Donahue Show in 1976 explaining how he got that nickname. Because I had a dog, an Airedale dog, when I was a little kid. Is this working? Yeah, that's fine. They can hear you. Excuse me. I had an Airedale dog called Duke. And he'd follow me to school and stop at the fire station. The firemen knew the dog's name, so they called him Big Duke and me Little Duke. That's true. So I got it. Wayne continued to work heavily throughout the 1930s, usually in smaller roles, but occasionally as the leading man. In 1933, he starred in Riders of Destiny as Singin' Sandy Saunders, one of the first ever singing cowboys in a film. No, that is not John Wayne singing. His singing was dubbed by the son of the film's director, Robert N. Bradbury. Two years later, he played a singing cowboy again in Lawless Range, 
This time, his singing voice was dubbed by Glenn Strange, who would go on to play Frankenstein's monster in the Universal Monster movies of the 1940s. <laughs> but that would be the last of Wayne's singing cowboy movies. He was embarrassed that it wasn't actually him singing, and the studio soon replaced him with Gene Autry for their new genre of singing cowboy films. Here's Gene Autry on Late Night with David Letterman in 1982. Hi there. Welcome back to the show. Gene Autry is with us. Uh, were you the, the first singing cowboy? Well, I'm afraid I was. Uh, John Wayne made a picture a number of years ago, and uh, one of the Sons of the Pioneers dubbed in the uh, voice for him. Mm -hmm. And uh, one time, why it was very funny, he said, you know, Gene, if I could have played a guitar a little bit and maybe a carried a tune, I might have been the first singing cowboy and you wouldn't have been here at all. And I said, well, Duke, it was not my fine singing that really put me over. It was my outstanding acting that did all that. <laughs> 1939 would be John Wayne's first big breakthrough in the John Ford film Stagecoach. The film was nominated for seven Academy Awards and won two though none went to Wayne. When the U.S. entered World War II, John Wayne was exempt from service due to his age and family status, but he wanted to enlist. But he was also under contract with Republic Studios, and they threatened a lawsuit if he walked away from his contract. Apparently, his failure to serve his country caused feelings of guilt. In her book, John Wayne, My Life with the Duke, his widow Pilar Wayne wrote, quote, he would become a super patriot for the rest of his life, trying to atone for staying home. End quote. It seems that the lifelong guilt even led, of course, to recording an album. The story goes that John Wayne had read some poetry written by fellow actor John Mitchum, who is the brother of actors Julie Mitchum and Robert Mitchum. According to AllMusic.com, the patriotic words made Wayne's eyes well with tears the first time he heard them, and he vowed on the spot to record them. So in February of 1973, John Wayne, America, Why I Love Her, was released on RCA Victor Records. Well, all right, Pilgrim. <laughs> Wayne's health had been in decline, and it took several years for the album to be finished. Much like his singing cowboy days, once again, Wayne doesn't sing. He reads Mitchum's patriotic poems over musical accompaniment. Just how patriotic is this album? Well, you be the judge with track one, Why I Love Her. You ask me why I love her? Well, give me time. I'll explain. You seen a Kansas sunset or an Arizona rain? Have you drifted on a bayou down Louisiana way? Have you watched the cold fog drifting over San Francisco Bay? This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Why I Love Her was actually even released as a 7 inch single on RCA in the Netherlands. Its B-side was Mis Raices Están Aquí, parentheses, My Roots Are Buried Here. Or as Wayne says, 
my roots are buried here. To the land that they love best. America will proudly stand and in her vigil will not rest. For no matter what may lie ahead, the answer is loud and clear. Mis raíces están aquí. My roots are buried here. Up next is The People, which is kind of like a mellow precursor to We Didn't Start the Fire. It's basically just Wayne listing famous Americans with a chorus here and there. Sandy Koufax staring down at a batter while Willie Mays chants his Say Hey. Maria Tallchief lighting in Swan Lake while Fred Astaire dances on gossamer wings. Billy Graham bringing God to millions. Jonas Salk bringing hope to the world. Mahalia Jackson closing her eyes in devotion. And Johnny Cash singing at the White House. What makes the world a There aren't a ton of credits listed anywhere for this album. One of the few is that this album was recorded at Manziel Studios, which I can't find any information on, other than it was in Hollywood, and this album is the only album in its credits on Discogs.com. The album was engineered by Pete Abbott, who also worked on records with The Monkees, Glenn Campbell, and George Carlin. Face the flag, son. Read what's written there. The history, the progress, the heritage we share. The back cover of the record also features a note from Wayne. It reads, Folks, all my life I've felt privileged to have good friends around me, privileged to have been able to do the kind of work I know and love the best, and to have been born in a country whose immense beauty and grandeur are matched only by the greatness of her people. For a number of years, I've tried to express a deep and profound love for these things, to be able to say what I feel in my heart. And now, in this album, I've had the chance to do so. I know most of you feel the same as I do about our country. Now and then we gripe about some of her imperfections, but sometimes that's good, especially if it gets us working together to make things better. It seems to me we often take too much for granted and have a tendency to forget the good things about America. My hope and prayer is that everyone know and love our country for what she really is and what she stands for. May we nurture her strengths and strengthen her weakness so that she will always be a land of the free and home of the brave. Sincerely, John Wayne. Have you stopped to the grocery store and watched a kid who's bit off more than his five or ten cent piece can chew? He needs just two cents or three to get that soda pop you see him. You get that feeling? Why not? And you come through. And how about on a Sunday morning? The sun's up high and the day is morning and church bells break the stillness in the sky. All your neighbors and your friends climb in the family car again and go to church. Never question why. This record actually spent 16 weeks on the charts. 
It peaked at number 66 on the Billboard 200 and number 13 on the Billboard Country Albums chart. In its first two weeks, the album sold over 100,000 copies. It also earned Wayne his only Grammy nomination in 1973 for Best Spoken Word Album, but lost to Richard Harris's Jonathan Livingston Siegel audiobook LP. Now a new sound drifted in the soft evening sky. For Colonel Dan Butterfield, a courageous and able soldier, was also a man of music. To honor his fallen comrades, he had composed a simple and heart-rending melody. On July 2nd, in the year of 1862, its strains floated over the graves that scarred the dark Virginia earth. Wayne may have missed out on a Grammy, but he already had an Academy Award and a Golden Globe to his name. On May 26th, 1979, he was awarded with the Congressional Gold Medal. One year after his death to stomach cancer in 1979, John Wayne was posthumously awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Jimmy Carter. There are also various public locations throughout America named after Wayne. But in recent years, that's come with controversy. Should offensive views expressed by a long-dead movie actor in an interview he gave nearly 50 years ago cause his name to be removed from an airport? That question has been raised about the John Wayne Memorial Airport in Santa Ana, Orange County, California, near Disneyland, 35 miles south of Los Angeles. In 1979, the airport was dedicated to the macho American icon, who was a local resident and had just died of cancer. But in this woke era that has seen the removal of Confederate statutes, new attention is being paid to inflammatory quotes from Wayne's interview published in Playboy magazine, May 1971, like this one. I believe in white supremacy until the blacks are educated to a point of responsibility. As of the time of this recording, the airport is still the John Wayne Airport, so time will tell. Believe me, I'm not here to celebrate the man, just here to tell the story of this strange album that also included the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag. What do those words mean to you? To me, they say, thank you, America, for your strength, your courage, and for our freedom, which has been a beacon to the world for 200 years of the United States of America, whose bright stars are 50 states, each bearing its own stamp of individuality. One final credit to talk about on this album, it was produced and arranged by Billy Liebert. And of course, this record isn't Liebert's only bizarre credit. He also did arrangements for an album released by the cast of the TV show Bonanza. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Faxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. Bizarre Albums.